Hello, my friends, and welcome back for this week's episode of the Practical Parsha podcast. This is Rabbi Shlomo Kohn. I hope you are well. You know, when you're doing things and everything is going right, the Talmud tells us that you should be nervous. But when things maybe go wrong, when things aren't so easy to get to the finish line, to, the, to achieve the goals that you wish, then you can know for sure that Hashem is with you. So you might be asking, what do I mean by that? When things are easy, you should get nervous. You should wonder if you're doing the right thing. And when things are hard, it's more of a sign that you're going in the right way. You're facing resistance. The answer to that is that yes. Many times when we're doing things and the Yetzirah, the evil inclination, doesn't want us to achieve good. He puts blocks in our path. He doesn't want us to achieve our goals because if we fulfill our goals in spirituality and the things we want to achieve, we're going to want to do more good. So he puts stumbling blocks in our way. And if someone's doing things and maybe it's not affecting his uh, spiritual ascendancy, it's not letting him go higher, so the Yetzirah evil inclination doesn't care. He lets him do what he wants because it's not helping him get closer to Hashem. You know, I feel that this week and really the past weeks in general, there's been different stumbling blocks in front of me to get this podcast recorded. Sometimes it was my computer not working properly. Suddenly, that all the time it works fine, but suddenly when I need to upload my podcast, it's just not working. And now this week, it just wasn't recording. My mic wouldn't plug into my computer. And now, Baruch Hashem, it started working again. And I feel the lesson that we could take out of this is that we need to keep our eye on the goal. To keep pushing. We can't give up. And especially in these times where there's so much challenge facing the Jewish people and in the world, there's, the world's a very volatile place right now, we all need to be doing extra. Something extra, something small. We need to push ourselves a little bit. And I'm not saying it has to be forever, just a little bit more. And I made up in my mind today that as I was getting this pushback from the Yetzirah, from the evil inclination, to prevent me from putting out this week's episode, I resolved in my mind that no matter what, Bezrat Hashem, God willing, I'm going to put it out. And I'm not just going to put it out for myself. I'm putting it out this week's episode as a merit for all the Jews in Israel, for the soldiers, for the hostages, and for the souls of the deceased, of the victims who have perished over the past 28 days. And the lesson that we could all take out is to keep pushing. Do a little bit more. We all need the extra merits. We're all in this together. And some for some people, their job is to be on the front lines, fighting the enemy, the soldiers. And for others, we have to do other things. Some people financially, some people other things they could do. But everyone has the ability to do an extra mitzvah, to learn a little extra Torah. So this week, it's dedicated in honor as a merit 
for the Jews in Israel and around the world. May Hashem protect everybody and bring a salvation speedily in our days. And as always, before we begin, if you have any questions, comments, or just would like to reach out to say hello, please feel free to send me an email at rabbishlomokon, K-O-H-N, at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. This week's Parsha is Parshas Vayera. And the Parsha is really with so many lessons and stories. The Parsha begins with Avram Avinu, after he circumcises himself at 99 years old, he's recovering. God sends Avram Avinu, Abraham, three angels to visit him. And these angels tell him that in a year from now, a son will be born to Sarah. Sarah. Also, Avram Avinu also learns about the impending destruction of Sodom. The cities of Sodom were wicked cities. And God tells Avram Avinu through his angels that they're going to be destroyed. The Parsha tells us how Avram Avinu Abraham tries to intercede on behalf of the, the citizens of Sodom to save them. But ultimately, since there's not there's no righteous people in those cities, Avram's not able to advocate on their behalf. The angels, after departing Avram's tent, go towards Sodom to rescue Lot and take him out of there with his family before the city is destroyed. The Parsha next tells us the story of Avram and Gerar, how Avram Avinu goes with Sarah, his wife, to the land of Gerar, and how Avimelech takes Sarah hostage with the intention to marry her. Hashem strikes the Plishtim and Avimelech with a plague that nobody is able to get healed from, he realizes his mistake that he has taken the wife of Avraham and returns her to Avraham Avinu. The Parsha continues with the birth of Yitzchak, the birth of Isaac, as well as, as well as the story of the expulsion of Hagar and Yishmael and how they are eventually saved. And the Parsha finishes with the Akedas Yitzchak, the binding of Isaac, where God commands Avraham Avinu, tests him to take his son Yitzchak to be a sacrifice, to be slaughtered. And at the last moment before Avram Avinu is about to slaughter his son, he tells him to stop, to not do it. That Hashem was only testing him to see if he truly was loyal to him, to see if he would listen to him and to bring out his true greatness. The first slide I wanted to share with you today looks at the story of Lot. So as I mentioned before, Lot was the nephew of Avram Avinu. And in last week's parasha, the Torah tells us how Lot separates from Avram. And if you listen to last week's episode, I talked about how Lot was an interesting person. That although he was with Avram Avinu and benefited from his the environment of Avram and the influence of Avram, it seems that deep down there was something not so great about him. And Rashi tells us, that when Lot separated from Avram, he said, I don't want Rot. He said, I don't want Avram and I don't want his God. And he went from there to settle in the land of Sodom, which even in last week's Parsha already was known to be a very evil place. But the benefits of living of Sodom, the material benefits, pulled Lot to live there. The abundance of everything, how everything was a very fertile land, 
the allure, the desire to live in a place that was a very cushy living was something that pulled Lot. Even though it was not such a good influence for him, it was not a good society, he still chose to live there. And it seems that deep down, Lot also had a desire to do the bad things of Sodom. And Rabbi Tversky brings down from Rashi that Rashi seems to infer that the only reason why Lot was saved from the city of Sodom wasn't because of his own merit. It was because he was the nephew of Avram Avinu, the nephew of Abraham. Now, if you look at the, the story where the angels go to the city of Sodom to rescue Lot, it's very interesting. Because when the angels come to the city, they go to the house of Lot, and right away, what does Lot do? He invites them in. He offers them food. He offers them a place to stay. And you would think for a minute that if Lot was someone who said, I don't want anything to do with Avram, and I don't want anything to do with his God, why would he invite people in to his home to stay overnight? In the city of Sodom, the law was that no one could provide lodging for guests. No one could give food to a poor person. So why would he put himself in mortal danger by giving a place to stay for these angels, giving them food to eat? He obviously was someone who was influenced from the surroundings of Sodom. Why would he do this though? Why would he extend himself to such a degree to put his life at risk for his guests. And Rav Meir Rubin, the Zichro Meir, he says a very powerful lesson that I believe we could all learn out from. He says that you're right. Lot was not such a great person. He was the nephew of Avram Avinu. But there was something inside of Lot that pulled him to do the mitzvah, to do the good deed of hachnasas orchem, of doing kind things for others, doing the mitzvah of chesed, to offer lodging to individuals, to give food to people who are traveling. That's because he lived in the house of Avraham. He lived in the house of Abraham. And Avraham Avinu, Abraham, what he's known for, he was known for his chesed, for his kindness. And he would have people coming into his house, his tent, all the time to get food, to have a place to stay. And that's something which he saw firsthand from Avram Avinu. He, he didn't learn about it. He didn't look at it in a book. It's something which he observed himself with his own eyes. And the lesson here is, is that the most powerful lesson that a person can learn is not necessarily from learning in a book how to be a good person. Sure, it's something we need to do as Jews. We study Torah and the way we need to learn. It's very important. But the biggest way to have an influence on somebody, have influence on your children, on your friends, your family, is not by preaching. It's by modeling. It's by living the words that you preach. And not even preaching, forget about it. It's, it's living by example. That if you want something to be important to your children, if you want Judaism to be important to your children, then you have to make it important to you. How could you say that Judaism is important and then not do anything about it? Right? So the point is, is that by Lot, he saw 
Avram Avinu firsthand performed the mitzvah of chesed. He saw him serve meals to people. He saw him give up his house to individuals. And it was so ingrained in him, this mitzvah, this, this trait, that even living in Sodom, in the worst parts of society, with all this negative influence around him, it's something which never separated from him. And that's a lesson for us. You know, when we want to influence people around us, our children, our family, our friends, to be a positive role model, the most important thing we could do and the most powerful thing we could do is to model, is to live by example. That people should look at you and say, that's how I want to be. And you know what? People are looking at you already and you didn't even know about it. And they're saying, wow, I want to be like him. I want to be like her. I want to be like you. And we have to just live up to that and keep that in mind. The second thought I want to share with you takes us to the story in the Parsha of Avram, Avimelech, and Sarah being taken hostage. So when Avram comes to the land of Gerar, he tells the, the people when he gets there that Sarah is his sister to protect his life because Avram's afraid that since Sarah is a beautiful woman, they will kill Avram Avinu, they'll kill him, and take Sarah to their king, Avimelech, as her wife. So to protect himself from being killed, he tells the people that Sarah is his sister. Sarah is taken hostage to the palace of the king of Avimelech, and Hashem strikes the house of Avimelech and the entire nation of the Pelishtim with a plague. No one is able to function normally. And they realize that something is wrong. Hashem comes to Avimelech in a dream and tells him that you've taken Sarah, who's married to Avram, and you have no rights to touch her. Realizing his mistake, he returns Sarah to Avram Avinu and eventually makes a peace treaty with him. Now, in the back and forth of the Parsha, Avimelech asks Avram Avinu, why did you not tell me that Sarah is your wife? You know, you, you sort of caused the situation to happen. Because you told me she was your sister, so I took her to my palace, and then because she was there, and the entire nation got hit with this plague until he, they realized what they had done. And Avram answers with a very sharp wording to Avimelech. And Avram said, Because I said, there is, there is but no fear of God in this place, and they will slay me because of my wife. Meaning Avram was telling him that normally when you come to a place, they ask you, do you have lodging? Do you have a place to stay? Do you have a place to eat? But when you're asking the first question of somebody, is this your wife? You can already tell that that's where the priorities of the community, of the, of the place is. So he realized that his life was at risk if he would tell him that, his, that this woman, Sarah, was his wife. And the wording of the Pasuk is very interesting. It says, And Avram said, For I thought only there is no fear of the Lord in this place. And the wording 
that Avram Avinu uses is very interesting. We know there's nothing extra in the Torah. There's no extra words. And why the question we need to ask ourselves, the question we need to ask is that why did Avram Avinu say only there is no fear of the Lord in this place? Why does he need the word only? He should have just told Avimelech that there's no fear of God in your, in your country. Because the first question you're asking me is, is this your woman your wife? You're not asking me, do I have a place to stay? Do I have what I need? You're saying, is this woman your wife? So I could tell right away that there's no fear of God. Why did Avram say that there's rock in that there's only no fear of the Lord in this place? What is that coming to teach us? So Rabbi Hanan Wasserman explained when he was giving a class, a shear to a group of German rabbanim, German rabbis in the 1930s, he said that Avram Avinu was telling Avimelech that your city, your country is a wonderful country. Your citizens are exemplary citizens. You have culture. You have refinement. You have manners. But the only thing you don't have is fear of Hashem. Fear of the Lord. The only thing you don't have is Yirash Hashem. Fear of Hashem. And that's what it means in the Pasuk. And Avram said, For I thought only there is no fear of the Lord in this place. He was telling Avimelech that there's no Yirashamayim in the land of Gerar, the country of the Plishtim. They have everything else. They have culture. They have manners. They have refinement. But they have no fear of God. And what Rabbi Hanan Wasserman was telling these German rabbis in the 1930s is that Germany was known to be a land of culture, of civilization. It was an exemplary, you know, they held themselves to high esteem when it came to manners, when it came to advancement. Everything good, you know, German, the German culture, the German people. But there was no fear of God. And we all know what happened, unfortunately, after the rise of Hitler. The Nazis were the most cruel people imaginable. Maybe they had culture and refinement. And they were even known to be so caring of animals. How they cared for them and made sure everything was good. But there was no fear of God. And the lesson is, is that when there's no fear of God... Your civilized ways mean nothing. Your refinement is a facade. Because when there's no code of morality from God, that this is the ultimate authority, so then there's nothing getting in the way of your passions and your desires. And I feel like, you know, this message rang true during the times of Avramavinu. It was true during the 1930s and during the Holocaust, and it's even true today. Unfortunately, you hear of these stories of moral equivalency about the horrible situation in Israel, how people justify the deaths of women, children, babies, and you can't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. And I feel like from this week's Parsha, 
it gives us a glimpse into how people can get to that point. Because even though people are professing about justice and peace and equality and all these different isms, if it's not rooted in Yerash Hashem, then it means nothing. And I think we see that firsthand in the way that certain parts of society act when certain views of morality get in the, the way of people's vision. They just push it to the side. And that's what happens when your morality is not rooted in belief in God. And that's what it means, Yiras Hashem, fear of God. Without having a belief that murder is wrong because God said it's wrong. And it's not because humans accept it as such. It's because God made it that way. And there's certain things that are wrong because Hashem decreed that way. So then you have no rules because the rules could change based on what you perceive is right and wrong. And I, and I feel like this is an important lesson for us to internalize and to remember that because if we don't have that fear of God, that that's where our sense of right and wrong comes from. There is no other place that we can get a sense, the correct moral compass, than from Hashem from the, and the Torah. Because without that concrete anchor, our views could sway in the wind and change today, tomorrow, next week. And it's something I think we see firsthand. Things that were taboo 50 years ago have become totally permitted. Unfortunately, this is something which goes back and forth. It's a pendulum. Morality in Western society is a pendulum. It goes back and forth. So unless you have something rooted very firmly, you, you put yourself at risk of following that sway. So that's going to finish for this week's podcast. Hope you enjoyed. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to reach out, please feel free to send me an email at rabbishlomokon, K-O-H-N, at gmail.com. Have a great day.